With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, talk show audience. We are now live coming from Covina, California. It is 11.39 in the morning, and we welcome you. All right. So if you got those circles, and you can put you can put spokes on it if you want. On the cor- each corner, I want you to put um, fellowship, and then put another corner. You put breaking of bread, in another corner. You can put prayer. And in another corner, you could put teaching slash doctrine. Any questions? I want you to I want you to have a visual. So I forgot my board and I was going to draw it all up, but I want you to check out your notes. This visual, this visual represents the home base. The walls are sustained by the four pillars of the church, being Acts 2.42, prayer, breaking of bread, which is, just like Lily said, as often as you come, come in remembrance of this, fellowship, which is part of the hospitality department that does all these different things, and doctrine, or teaching. Now, one thing that teaching does, teaching encourages, brings comfort, it edifies and instructs, imparts, anoints. It's not merely for education. Um, and then, what I'm leaving out, prayer. Without any of these things, the walls of any ministry will come down. The circle... Uh, represents from which the seven mountains of influence will be ministered to. But the hub that holds it all together is love. The greatest of these is love. But without faith and hope, nothing can be done. These are, these are the spiritual applications that it takes to do anything for God. And this is why in the love chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul went to great lengths to to describe the essence of who God is because God is love. God has to be at the center, the hub of everything we do. Love sustains our faith and hope, not the other way around. And so that is the basis of all that we do within those four walls. But the four walls... Do not think for one minute that the four walls are to constrain. The four, we always want to function from that 
out. Then it becomes the place to which people come to get fed, to grow. To That's why, the, that's why the, there's the purpose of the church. And I'm going to begin over the next few weeks to explain all of these different things so that we understand our mission and what God is doing. What is the purpose through which we get together? Get fed. No. The purpose in which we have to come back to, we do get fed in church because the Holy Spirit will always sustain us. But what it does is it brings together the whole. It just brings it all together. How? Because, see, we're vessels that leak, so we're always having to be reminded. Let me give you an example. I love this example because remember when Jesus preached, and he was preaching to 5,000 men, it says. And in the middle of this, the people, he says, the people are hungry because they haven't eaten. It wasn't that they were complaining. The response of God from people who, number one, they followed Jesus. Could you imagine they followed Jesus outside of the camp? Keep this in mind. They could have, they're all part of the synagogue and part of the religious worship, part of the cultural Roman Empire, yet they heard the school of thought of Jesus and they followed him outside of the city where they sat in places because he would, they, people say that it was a place where voices would carry, which whatever. It could have been supernatural. Or it could be just a natural area where they speak and everybody could hear. Regardless of that, he had their attention so long that the people were so hungry that they hadn't eaten because Jesus said the people have not eaten. What do we have to feed them? Isn't that right? What was God's response to their hunger for the words that came out of Jesus' mouth? to meet the needs of those who were hungry. That's why it says, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for they shall be what? Blessed. Many times we want the blessing without being hungry for Jesus and his word. So Jesus said, hey, we've got to feed these folk. What do we have? Again, his disciples were learning. All right, we'll see what you can find. Well, we can't go to the store. It's too late. So imagine, it was intermission. Then he said, seat these people in groups of 50. Imagine the undertaking of separating families and putting them together, doing all this stuff. Then, after the groups of 50, during this time, because it was something that was happening consecutively, well, there's a little kid who's got a lunch. And that's, I want you to picture this. Some people say, watch, if I let my kids go to the movies, I give them money for, I give them a little amount for the ticket and a big amount for what they're going to eat there. Just, you know, if you take two or three kids, you spend 50, 60 bucks at the, just for getting stuff in there, right? And uh, <laughs> I remember Danielle took in Taco Bell, and then for this one time that they ever do, they checked her purse. Who well, never checked purses? And so David and the girls were already in, and she had to call back and uh, I can't go in because they're not letting me because we have these Taco Bell things that we were taking in for the kids. <laughs> so they made them throw them all away and everything and go in. Well, this wasn't this case. You know, they, they came to get fed. They were hungry. They sat down. Well, a little boy was not hooked up to a family. They sent him. I want to hear this, and they sent him. They might say the little boy was like 13 or so, but on that age, and they just, but he had two loaves and fishes. Jesus said, this is enough. 
Why? Because their hunger predicated the meeting of a supernatural need for the people. And as they gave them to disciples, as they gave them, every time the disciples would reach in and break it, it multiplied in their hands. This is what should happen when people come hungry. The disciples, those who are part of this, would, at your hands there would be miracles, signs, and wonders. Because it's not the Pastor David show. It's you. This is the training when, when there's healing. People say, well, there's not a lot of healing. It's because you guys are receiving. You're the people that will be ministering to the people that come. When we say, okay, we're going to have a healing line, then we'll bring people who have been trained and have that impartation and training to lay hands on the sick and they would recover. We're getting ready to receive the multitude. Jesus and his 12 received 5,000 and were ready to minister to the needs of the 5,000. This is the vision for this ministry because it's not just, it's unusual. It's what has not been done because out of this place, we have a vision to go into all the world. Now, can I tell you something? That's why, that's why this is necessary because you come in, you get taught. You get, look, I'm going to bring something out and we're going to get into the word concerning some of these things to, to let you know. Why is it important to be here? Because you receive how to do the work of the ministry. Where do you go? Well, if you know God's called you to the... If you, it has to start with family first. That's why you come together. God's will has always been the family. And I'm going to teach you this later, but I'm going to give you a highlight here. The highlight is that God began with Adam and Eve and it was family. Where two or more were gathered, God was in their midst. Let that set for a second. Because God used to walk in the cool today with them because they were gathered in his name. Then he told them, blessed them, gave them the empowerment, be fruitful and multiply. Isn't there something about God is always wanting to be fruitful? Why? Because God planted two people. He set up a garden and planted two people in the garden. When he planted them a seed, they were to be fruitful and multiply. Because they were creating God's image, who what? Does what? It's always fruitful and multiply. So he said, take this and take it all over the world. But the enemy came in and who did he attack? The family. Who did he go to? Eve. And Adam didn't cover. You know what he did? Well, it's the woman you gave me. You know, hey, you know. <laughs> he did. He just rolled it right off. <laughs> hey, oh, you know, it wasn't my idea. She said, well, the serpent beguiled me. <laughs> so when it came time to blame, the serpent was out of sources. He couldn't point to anyone. So what happens is we see the name, the, the blame game going on there. But then God had always had a man, a woman, that he called to sustain and continue God's family until Jesus came and he said, go out into all the world. I'll tell you where all the world is. See, we think saving souls is what God wanted. You know, he said, reach the nations, the ethnicities. In other places, he said the world system, for God to love the world, the system, not the earth that he gave his only begotten son. Who did he love? Those within the system. Not the earth. He established on this rock, the church, so that on this rock we can reach the world, which is the system. So what, what systems does he want to reach? We've been trying to reach people within this thing 
and we're after onesies. He wants us to influence the world. So what does he do? How does, God, how does the devil run this world system? Through the centers, the gates, or the mountains of influence? The family is one of them. Without a strong family, we have no authority. So in the context of this, let's say that God sends people out. See, raise up a child in the way he should go, and he'll not depart. You know what we've done? We've taken the hippie approach. Oh, as you grow, choose your God. As you grow, make your choices. No. As parents, we discover their talents and abilities. As a church, we discover your talents and abilities. And we send you out. And you come back in. Send you out. And you come back in. You know what's really preeminent nowadays? Because the culture today doesn't care for family. So what do you find? 95-year-old men who live alone. Like you did, I don't know in the news, you saw this 95-year-old man, and then strangers didn't say, hey, we haven't seen him, it's Christmas. Where's your family? Well, they're scattered all over the United States. Don't they come to see you? No. Death and living in a house all by himself. So people came, decorated this tree, gave him gifts, and spent time with him during the holidays. Hopefully it remains. Some people are saying, but what happens? There's no family. The unit has been disbanded. Why is it important to come back in? Jesus constantly made reference to the sheepfold, go out and come back. Go out and come back. Why? Because they, they, they know the voice of the shepherd. What's the mini reference of this? There's a lot of sheep that are sitting in churches today who know the voice of the shepherd because they're the bishops of their soul who will not submit to the, who is he? He's just a man. Isn't that something? The minute we make instructions that you don't like, you turn into Cain. the truth because Adam and Eve brought them up in the way they should go and Cain I don't care how many messages you get out of Cain I'm going to give you just one reference Cain went out knowing what he should do but he had a half-hearted heart here's my God schmod here let me just put some things together here you go God here's the offering you know who is he you know just God he's just you know why should I do things my way? Well, he did give you the freedom to do things your way. It's just that there was, there was rebellion in your heart at this moment. What am I missing here? No, I know that, but where's... Yeah, David, Danielle, Mar. No, but there was someone here. Who? Seth? Where's Seth? There's people that have seeds of rebellion within the heart. Now, what does God do? you're gone. No. You know what he does? He reaches out. He says, sin is crouching at your door. Let's fix things. Let's talk. What does he say in Isaiah? Come, let us reason together. You know what, you know what uh, Cain did? He just, this is my offering. Take it or leave it. What is, the ref, what is the reference of the offering? Any offering. Whether it's the tithe, whether it's anything. Here's my life, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my best. You know what excellence is? It isn't flashy. It's what you do with what you have and what your heart does to present the best. 
a handwritten flyer sometimes done excellently is better than one that has three colors and put out there because it's what God receives. I don't cry because I can't produce 5,000 tricolor flyers. If all I can do is make some by hand and then go to Kinko's and print a bunch of them, then that's what I'll do because it's from my heart and it's the best I can produce. We always want to perform for God and say, oh, God, I'm going to be professional. God isn't looking for that. Because as time goes on, you will do better than the professionals. Why? Because it's his wisdom that makes you who you are, that makes you great. Are you with me? Yes. Because this is, then I'm going to show you these things. But a lot of us have a heart of Cain that wants to do things. Can I tell you something? Every time David would launch out in battle because they won like they did, or Joshua, they, they, they didn't consult the Lord. Who are we? Can I talk to you like God talked to me one time? He said, who are you, aunt, that you would determine what you're going to do? And you know what he showed me? An image of a little ant standing on a railroad track with his hand up. <laughs> with the train coming. And I looked at that Though in him, we would have the power to stop that train. In my own power, I'd be crushed. <coughs> they prove it, Pastor. Jeremiah 17. Show me. Uh, let's turn there. Jeremiah chapter 17. Because we need to understand these things because God is so good. But what we do with his goodness is we that we treat his goodness and his mercy like, like if it wasn't even necessary. It's grace. You know what would happen with Joshua when he didn't consult the Lord, even though they used the same method and tried? They'd get whopped. Because it's greater that, it's, watch this, greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. But without God, what did he tell the people in Deuteronomy 7? You're going to face enemies that are way greater than you. On your own, they'll snuff you. But with me, you'll be victorious. So guess what? I would be victorious as an ant stopping the train. But, if, but he showed me that. I thought, you know why? Because I was doing a bunch of great stuff. I was being successful at everything I touched. And for whatever one minute that God checked an attitude in me and he said who are you at yeah 17 hold on uh-huh not the bullfrog yeah see this yes some of you know what we're talking about huh See, Cain, and what was, watch this, what was Cain's end? He was sent out. God put a mark on him so that he wouldn't die. But forever he had to work tooth and nail, finding success here and there, but never prosper. But what did he do to God's people? Killed them. 
What do people do today with God's people when they're hooked in? They kill them with their words. This is what the Lord says. Verse 5. Cursed is the person who trusts in mankind, or the arm of the flesh, or makes his flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. What's the progression? Trusting in other men, trusting in your own works, what does that produce? A heart that turns away from God. Because God is no longer the one that sits at the throne of your heart. And it says, he will be like a bush in the desert. In other words, how many know that bushes are alive? But wouldn't it suck to be a bush in the desert? I mean, it really would. It's alive. And he won't see prosperity when it comes. How many here want to be prosperous? So in other words, here's the picture. There's a road that you're on. But if you're on the wrong road, you're going to be alive, but you'll be in the desert. There is a way that seems right unto man. But the end thereof is what? Destruction. See, now, he'll dwell in the parched places in the wilderness of a land of salt without inhabitants. You know, there's a lot of us that start off. You know that whenever I would take to do things my way, the, business, the places that I would manage, all of a sudden I start having employee problems, I start having this, I start having that. And I started having no answers. When I went back to getting places on time, early, and started praying, seeking God's answer, seeking his will and his desire, everything would turn around. When I stopped getting angry and saying, you know, I learned real fast on time, I fired someone. You're fired, go home. <laughs> Guess what? I had nobody to call in, and I had to run a double shift. I shot myself in the foot. So now for a little while, I was limping. So then I had to ask God. And then when God said, don't do this, I was like, why? <laughs> I had to learn to trust him. Because the last place you want to be is where it's parched. But blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord, making the Lord his trust, faith in him. He says, he'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by a stream. He won't fear when the heat comes because his leaves will always be green. In a year of drought, he won't be concerned because he will not stop producing fruit. There, God, there he is again talking about producing fruit. What's fruit? Prosperity. You know, a lot of people, there's fruit of the womb who brings growth. And, and he says, he won't fear. I would rather be by the river of life where I can produce fruit continually. Be connected to the place that God has planted you in so that you can hear and go out. Hear and go out and be successful. Receive counsel. Why? Because the church is not a synagogue where everything stays in. It goes out. Comes back. Receives more instruction. You know, part of this was that Pam and I were involved in children and youth ministry. We were not in the church a lot of times because this thing just mushroomed beyond almost our ability to handle what we were, what the growth that we had. There were times that we had more kids and teenagers than there were adults in the church. At one point, at the largest point, we had 34 teachers and, and assistants. And so we'd go in, and there was stuff that constantly had to be managed because you 
It's like you're managing something this big. We stayed in touch with the teachers once a week because we leak. So the vision constantly had to be put in. Ministry had to go on. Why? Because we were not in the main sanctuary receiving everything. We finally had enough people that we could rotate through the services because we had morning service, evening service, Wednesday service, and all of these teachers had to be rotated because all the kids came. It wasn't like they left all the kids home. On, so, so we had to figure out, okay, here's homework school for parents that just brought them and had to do their homework. So we had to set a homework area, then minister to those that were in the place. I mean, it was just a constant, constant, oh, we're going to have 21 days of worship and praise. Boom, alert. We had all the teachers. We will have children's ministry. We're going like, what? And so we're like, okay. And so we get everybody together that can be there. And, and listen, it was just a constant thing. But we were receiving the tapes. And believe me, we had to have those going all the time so that we were there. Plus, he was good because he always had meetings. We talk about meetings. We always had meetings all the time. This is for the leaders. This is for the congregation. Then we have one for the teachers. Plus, we showed up for prayer. And our kids went with us all the time. Well, won't you show your kids, give them a life? That was our life. Deuteronomy 30. When you choose life and blessings and not death and curses, it goes on and says, he is your life. You always say, this is my life. I'll do this. Shut up, Cain. When that comes up inside of you, that voice says, shut up, Cain. Because, see, everything that you want in life is the desire that's in your heart. Say amen. amen. God will give you the desires of your heart, but he wants you, him to be the first desire. And along the road, you will have what you want, your desires. But we have to trust him that on that road, you will be like the tree that is planted, not a bush. You know what? I'm so sick of being a bush. It's the truth. You know what? I'm tired of being the parched places. I've got to be on his, no matter, oh, well, then our free will is God. Bingo. Yes. Because you're submitting your will to his. Because it's a higher road. Can I tell you, those people that are successful in business, do you think, I like these commercials. They're so funny, and they're, they're so illogical. In my one-bedroom apartment, I grew rich. And you know what they show them? On a yacht, on a beach, which is a lie. Because people that have millions are married to the business that gives them the millions. So out of 365 days, they'll take maybe three and go on a yacht, and that's the picture they take. And while they're on the yacht, now that we're connected, they're on the computer, they're on a cell phone, they're doing, you know what? You know what I'm saying? It's a lie. As soon as they get into corporate America... My life was theirs. Phone rings. Uh, the regional vice president, he, was, he lived in Rancho Cucamonga, which, go figure, he was in California, because they usually are away, but he was here. This guy lived, well, we, have a, we need all the people to meet at my house at midnight. He just got home four hours ago. So we'd have a meeting that lasted two and three. Okay, be at, be at your locations at, at 7 o'clock, and we'll have another vo- voice or conference call. I had to get up at 5 to get, leave around 5 to get to where I was at at 7 because I was from Redlands and I had to work on Crenshaw and Imperial. So I was like, sleep? <laughs> and anytime they asked, you had to be there. Rosales, I need you at this place in Yucaipa at 3 a.m. But you know what? Once you submit 
to whatever you've got to do. You know what? It was easier to, well, no, it's not. It was, the managers in the store is the hardest work because you're everything. But guess what? When I was there, guess what I was doing? I was counseling. I was a father. I was a manager. I was hired. I made sure people were paid. I made, can I, you know what? I had to make sure that when I hired someone, they weren't drowning because everything had to be, every need had to be met. But I'm going to hire someone who three months later can't have their attention on it because they can't pay their bills. So if their needs ex- exceeded what I can pay them, I couldn't hire them. Because I w- who, who would... Uh, need you know that if, if there's logic that follows that, how much more would God give you the abundance that you need when you sign up, put your ear to the post and say, God, I'm, I'm in this for you. But because we leak, we have to be constantly reminded of the vision that's before us. You know why Vietnam fell? The biggest reason why Vietnam fell? Lack of leadership. Lack of direct leadership. They would put you in an area and you didn't hear for weeks at a time what you had to do. So even the leaders would show up disenchanted and say, well, you know, just here to kill Viet Cong. Let's just kill them. You know what started happening? Because if people were just going in there and killing everybody. They were pulling General Custers. And when the news got a hold of that, we were the bad guys. But then they would say, you can't trust them because they were planting bombs in babies and in women. No, this is, this is just the truth that was going on. But there was no leadership because everybody back home was fighting about whether it is just or unjust. Should we bring them home? Should we look like losers? What should we do? Did you know that that's going on in the church? There's too much infighting. Because there's no vision, no direction. When the Holy Spirit fell, this is what we don't like. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that the first time since the New Testament, since the Old Testament, the word was used that there was confusion. The word there was used that there was confusion. You can go back and look on the second chapter of Acts. They were confused. What is it? God was doing something new. Because there was no reference as to how it having existed that the Holy Ghost would fall, they would speak in tongues. Theologically speaking, there's no direct root that says they spoke in languages. They spoke in languages that they didn't know was a supernatural act. Some babbled and some, but everybody around there heard their own language. Was the miracle in the hearing or was it in the speaking? We don't know. But there was chaos, commotion, huge noise, there was fire, there was all kinds of stuff going on. And can I tell you something? Whenever God does something new, there's always confusion. Because people, God does things that never, no one ever did before. And so people say, wait, this isn't what I know. What does he say in the Old Testament? Behold, I do a new thing. And will it not come to pass? That's what God is doing now. Because the plan that we have is something that hasn't been done. Because the, oh, well, well, let me read one more scripture. Psalm 16. One more scripture before we get to the other one. Psalm 16? 16, yes. I love this one. It is such such an awesome place to look at.
let's start at verse 3. How many here want your, what you do to prosper greatly? Amen. You know, God is directing you. God's will. You know what? Quit chasing. Let me tell you something. If, there, if you're in the business mountain, watch this. This is so important. If you're in the business mountain, you're supposed to be drawing disciples there. See, what the church has done for so long because they've been taught wrong, Let's go win souls. Win souls and lead them to abort. It's like one of the one of the young men that we run around and talk to in San Bernardino, and we kind of kid with him because we say, "You've left seed all over San Bernardino. You've got kids you don't even know." And. Uh, he kind of just, oh. I said, you know what? You do. I said, you know what? You're going to be like that guy in that movie that uh, was, uh, that ended up having all these hundreds of kids because, the, the, what's that? That's right, yeah. Yeah, 500 kids. Well, that one was because he, he went to a doctor and was preserving his seed. Yeah, thank you. Well, there's people that do that. I say, dude, you know, if, if God ever brings you all the kids that are yours, you'd be, your mind will be blown. But this is what the church has done for so long, is they've just witnessed and just left them all out there. That's never been God's will. God's will is that, when, let's say if you're in the business mountain, you know what happens there to take over? Because, see, the parable that's in Matthew 13 where it says that, the, the sower went out. Matthew, I love that because it, ta- it, it, it finishes the part where you are, you are the seed that God dropped in. He's, just, he's describing, he's debriefing the disciples after he preached this parable. And he says, let me explain it to you guys. So he's debriefing them and telling them this is what this means. Those who comprehend and understand, they'll bear 30, 60, 100 fold. In other words, you know what God's idea is? That you are planted and you bear fruit. Then he goes into the kingdom of God is life. A man who owned the whole field. Guess what? You know, God now owns the world. Because the mission that Jesus was to do is that while God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world. Guess what? The world is his. For a long time, the church was going, ah, stay away, forming synagogues. So guess what happened? While the church slept, that's what it says, while the men slept, because he planted wheat. Who's the wheat? Us. What were we not doing? Bearing fruit. We were asleep. While he slept, the garrison of the Philistines, and where do we get this? Out of Samuel, chapter 10, where they went to go to the school of the prophets, which was on the mountain of God, but the garrison of the Philistines was on top. So we use that example, the mountain of God. What happens is, while they were asleep, all the tares were, the Bible says the enemy came and planted all the tares. Guess what that means? That in this world, the devil will plant people right in your garden while you sleep. Or he'll bring you people that will drag you down. Because the enemy also plants people in this system. What should we do? Tear them down? No, because God told us to love. But in our love for our enemies, we don't give away the farm. 
because there are going to be those that will not come with you. Why were we asleep? Because we were not aware of what our place in this world was because we've been taught to preach this gospel without taking the world. Why are we to occupy the world? What's the world? The seven centers of influence. It's the system that influences the system. So while we were looking onesies, we were winning the serfs to the Lord without going to the nobles and taking their land and occupying. Sir. No, because you bring the ones that are in your territory. If you're a student at school, you ought to have a, a group of people that are on fire with you. Because here's, what, here's the goal. You're in a business mountain, you win people to the Lord in that area, and what do you do? The culture of revival begins to exist in your portion of the business mountain. In your portion of the educational mountain, you begin to build a cyst or a bubble or a mini-church in that area, mini-ecclesia, which is the sent out ones who gather. You begin to take that place, and that center of influence begins to grow and grow and grow. Eventually, we will grow big enough to begin to influence that cultural center for the world. That's how we occupy. We've been wanting to occupy with confusion. Let's occupy this. Let's occupy that. Let's take the city for God. How are you going to take the city for God? By going to the center that influences that city. We've been binding devils in this atmosphere. It's like, no, they have lost their estate. We begin to do what God calls us to do, and the devils begin to dissipate. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that the pow- their powers are coming to naught. So as we begin to grow, their power diminishes. Because the only power the enemy has is deception. And we empower the devil by believing his lies. So he says, these tares are going to grow among us. It's not till the end that God will take them and take the tares and bundle them up. Now, some people want to be tares. They make friends with the tares. They begin to let the tares influence their heart. What's that? I did it my way. Because the Bible says there's a way that seems right on demand. The church today is in rebellion And they're trying to use theology to support the rebellion. See, I keep my ear to the cultural posts of the world and the cultural posts of the church. I want to find out what these rogue teachings are all about. But I'm not going to be a theologian that says, I'm called an apologist. This is not good. This is not good. And that people are not saved. In that parable, he's not telling you to find out which ones are saved or not. Because you're going to find out that there's going to be people that you thought were wheat but because they have a heart of Cain, they will be bundled up with the, with the tares. We got, you know what? That's where you watch this. Watch this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why? It does, now, I look at that word. It means, like, oh, I got to stay saved. I got to do all these things to work out. No. What does it do? When you go work out at a gym, what are you doing? Keeping yourself alive building up your most holy muscles. 
building up your most holy system, working on your core, because from where your, from where your core precedes all the other strengths. Because your core holds up your back, holds up your, 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 your leg muscles, it holds up all of these different things. So that while you're doing, you know what's crazy is when, when I sat through an hour-long thing to, to do some exercises to finally set out, I do stuff on my knees. Did you know that in order for certain muscles that cover the joints of the knees, the core has to be activated? So if the core is weak, that's going to be weak. So while you're doing this, you always have to contract your stomach muscles in order for this one to be successful. But if you don't, all of a sudden you feel everything loosen up. And so no matter how much action these legs do, there won't be a burn, which means if there's a burn, it means your muscles are working. Did you know in the, in the Word of God, no matter how much activity you do, if your core being is disconnected from the source, no matter how much you do, it won't count. And on that day it says, wait, who are you? Well, I did all these things. Here's my credentials. Look what I've done. He says, I don't know you. Depart from me. There's two places. One says, depart from me. You're not going to participate in what the kingdom is doing. The other part is, depart from me. You're going to be like the, 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 the tares that are going to be burned. Where are you going to fall? That's why he says, fear, lest any of these promises be left alone. Fear, because you're drifting away. Fear, to work out your salvation. How do you work out your salvation? Can I tell you something? What is it that builds muscle? It's not just going, you know, have you seen a commercial where one piece of kale you know, will take away diabetes, one push-up that's going to keep your heart going? Have you seen those? Any kind of workout routine has to do with repetition. How many times am I going to hear a faith message? A whole bunch, because you leave. Because you don't, your faith muscles aren't being built up. Oh, righteousness. Oh, my God, I've been hearing righteousness. Or we call righteousness message is actually the grace and freedom message. How many times do I have to hear this? I remember when I, was a, when I was in my 20s and I was a know-it-all. Pastor would open up and say, okay, we're going to talk on righteousness. I said, again? Oh, my God. And I would kind of fold up my notebook. And one time God just jerked me every way, which is you listen and you take. That's when I started being a note-taker. You listen and take notes on everything. Guess what? I got so much out of that. Now, too much is given, much is required. How does God talk to you? Sometimes it gets me hard. Why? Because I could be harsh if I want to. You're being harsh now. Watch what it says. Verse 3. As for the saints that are in the land, they're noble, and my delight is in them. You know what? It's God that calls the weak and the ignoble things of this earth. Why? Because he wants to call them noble. So let the weak say what? I'm strong. Let the poor say what? I'm rich. But watch this. And those who hurry after another god will have many sorrows. What's another god? Anything that's not his god. Anything that's not God. Anything. Did you know that your own activities can become God without him at the center? Now watch. Those who hurry after, they will not present their drink offerings, blood, nor will my lips speak their names. The Lord is my inheritance and my cup. You know what it says, my portion or my cup? You know what that means? It's, your, it's the, the level of prosperity that you will receive. You know, in the, in the Psalm, 20, the, the 23rd Psalm, it says, my cup runneth over. That's your portion. To whom much is given, much is required, but God wants to overflow him. Now watch this. The Lord is my inheritance and my cup. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. For me, I have a beautiful heritage. Now, what does that mean? Do you want man to determine your boundaries? Or do you want God to determine your boundaries? 
When God determines your boundaries, he does above and beyond all that you wish or think. So what, when he says that your, ble- your boundaries are pleasant, you know what he does? Instead of being these two rows of chairs, he'll turn around and say, bam, that's your boundary. He increases and stretches the tent pole so that you can have more. He creates the ability to, to receive more as you walk with him. See, your faith will grow as your faith grows. The capacity to receive all that God wants for you will grow as well. He says, I've come, in verse 10, uh, of chapter 10 of John, I have come that you might have life and have it to overflow. But did you know that that means to the extreme? It means that you will have all of him that you desire because it stays fresh. Because the revelation there is that you will have everything that God desires for you in excess in Jesus Christ. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Now, I want, can I put something forth to you right now? You know what that scripture implies? That you will have more power than Jesus had when he walked the earth. He raised the dead. But the power that was used to raise him, watch this, was greater. You know why? Because the sins of the whole world were placed upon him. Did you know that he received death upon him? The penalty for death. That's why it says the power that was exerted, the great power that was exerted when he was raised from the dead lives in you. It'll quicken, make alive this mortal body. For what? For supernatural works. The power that raised him from the dead, that's abundant life. The ability to discern, to see into situation because you're walking with him. The ability to see suffering humanity, greater works will you do. The ability to plant in a business, in whatever God, arena God calls you into, to be a political spokesman, to be in the schools, to be the wisdom that you walk in. Why? Because you're concerned for his inheritance, which are the people. See, if you're not, if you own a business, you're automatically a walk with a pastor's heart. Because it's not the money that you're after. There was a company I worked for. One of the credos was that you can never give away more than you receive. You treat the employees who who build the business first class, and they will treat, in turn, the customers first class because it's the customer who signs your check. They built this company that grew exponentially, that passed and broke records. Other companies were barely breaking in a million where they were breaking a billion and going international. And I believe that to a T. You know what? That's why God pulled me out of that company and said, I want you to do for my kingdom, what you did with this company. Do I believe the things that I preach? Yes. But if we're going to have a heart of cave, you're going to be in the waste place of just like, because you're going to be chasing prosperity rather than chasing God. It's time to live up to who we call us to be. Great men and women of faith. You have an edge but you walk humbly with your God. He's created you to be above only, not beneath. He created you to be the answer and not the problem, the solution and not the issues in people's lives. See, all the things that you desire because you have a heart for those things, He will bring, get on the 
be a tree by the river of life that never goes through drought. If you're struggling in your business or struggling in your life, then you just might be a bush. Time for us to be trees that never grow brown, dry, barely staying alive. We need to learn that we're going to, we're going to talk, this is introduction to learning how to conquer these mountains. The first one we're going to talk about is family. I mean, this revelation just, yesterday I was driving and it just, just opened up. And I'm thinking, God, because I was just meditating on some things, issues that need to be seen. This is why this is a manifestation. Every church is a manifestation of a family and clan. And in the Corinthian letter, and I'm ending with this, the Corinthian letter, it says that there's many diversities, many manifestations, many expressions, yet the same spirit. In the family, not a, you know what, brothers and sisters never agree with everything. If you grew up in any, you know, in any family, the brother and sister love each other, but they'll fight over things that they don't agree with. They will, but they'll die for each other, but they'll get angry about how something's done. Just it. Why? Because it's different administrations, different manifestations. You have the same bloodline. Well, our bloodline is the Spirit of God. You know that he says to, to the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace comes through unity in the Spirit. That brings the bond of peace. Notice that he didn't, we don't even have to agree that what scripture is manifested and says this or says that. We can receive it as good news, and I'll receive yours as good news. That's the beauty of the Word of God. Because the beauty of the Scriptures is in the eye of the beholder. But we all submit ourselves to this. Can I tell you something? I am just submitted to you as you would be to me. But I have to hold, I, I, and I say I have to, but I, I hold you all in prayer. And so, sometimes to my own detriment, I look for what the word says for you sometimes before I look for it for me. It's just the heart of a, of a shepherd. And so, I've got to leave you with that. Glory to God. I mean, got something out of this today. You know what? I, I'm still receiving. I, I, that's why I want to keep talking. There's an anointing to bring this out. Yes, sir. Hmm? I will talk about that. Let's prepare to receive this morning. See, I said morning. This morning, sign and offering. Also, let you know we've been calling that, that, that the chapel over here, and we've got no response back yet. So we've made several calls. I think maybe we might just have to visit them during the day or whenever, whenever somebody's there. Because sometimes I go around and everything's locked up. But yeah, we've been calling. So did you find anything about the park or who had that information about the park? Okay. Okay. That's just whatever. We're still looking. We're just looking, 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 looking. So. Um, The Word of God in, the, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says that when we give, God makes sure that you always have enough on every occasion to have what He supplies in abundance. We have to apply that scripture in faith. It's not just as in, okay, I gave, it's going to happen. No, we say, you know what? You look at that verse and say, thank you, Father, because you feed your faith. God responds to your faith, not your needs. But you will have abundance in every 
in every situation, at every need. I've been breaking that down, and it really means that in any situation, at any need, you will always have abundance. Well, how many know God doesn't lie? Everybody says Paul was all down and out and, and broke all the time. He's a liar because he wrote that knowing that he would. Now, have there been seasons where it seems like nothing's going to come in? Yes, he had those seasons, and a lot of times it was his fault because he didn't ask for an offering. And he tell, you know, in that letter to the Corinthians where he's correcting, he's correcting himself as much as he's correcting those that hear. If Paul is bold, he says, you know what? If I give you something spiritual, you better give me something material. I mean, could you imagine? That's how he said it. That's like I looked it up in the Greek, and it's even stronger. And so I'm not doing this to get, you better give or not. But what happens is that when we get into the culture of giving, we'll be into the culture of receiving. See, Abel was about to receive something big, but the Cain's in, in our lives. Oh, I say, ah, that don't work. We have to stop giving God half-hearted, half-hearted um, attitudes, half-hearted participation, half-hearted life. You know, with God, it's an all or nothing. I used to, Pastor Cobre, when he used to preach, the, 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 the altar call, he said, if you're not here to give your whole life, you go back and sit down. I mean, he's, he gives a powerful altar call. You know that you're safe. What's that? Oh, yeah, I give your life to the Lord every Sunday. And, and what happens is, in these, in these things, he says, he didn't, it's not guru, goofball, blowing smoke in your eyes and all this stuff. He'd really get down to, he said, it's, it's receiving Christ. Knowing that he traded his life for you, so you trade your life for his. And it's an all-or-nothing preposition. And so when you're saved, you're well saved. Well, that means that you give up your life, he gives you his. Which is better. See, we have to, make, we have to come to those crossroads every day. So, Father, we give our life to you, Lord. Lord, the word that we heard, Father, we want to apply it in our life. Lord, I, I give you my all. And so, Father, I pray that those that are hearing give their all to you. And so, Father, the message that was spoken, I don't want to be a Cain, Lord. I know that sometimes my attitude might come up, and I don't want to be a Cain. And, Lord, I don't want to talk about your people either, so I don't want to kill people like Cain did. Lord, I want to be by your river so that everything I truly touch will prosper. Holy Spirit, show me the way. Show me the way. Show us the way. Amen. Did you serve the people yet? All right. So, Father, we bless. Yes. Father, I pray that the people, Lord, that participated in this, that, Father, that you continue to bless them immensely. Multiply, Lord, what's in their hands. Father, just like the people who came to hear. Lord, you looked after the hunger and the hungry and supplied and oversupplied what they needed. Yeah, they did. Thank you, Lord. And, and you know, they all went home with more than that they came with, and the disciples gathered even more baskets. And, and so, Father, give, give unto them. And even those, Father, they did not have to give. Father, bless and supply seed, Father, that they may have to give and have to eat as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, by faith, receive the manifestation of your giving. Receive that now. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, there's an anointing on you right now. See, some of you have shifted your heart. You know what? And here's what the Spirit of the Lord says. Quit arguing about the tithe and just start there. Trust Him. Trust Him. You gain nothing by thinking you're theologically correct. So this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying right now. I don't know who it is for, but start by trusting Him implicitly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And now receive healing. Those of you that are within earshot of what I'm saying, receive healing in your bodies right now. And celebrate. Even if you just feel better, celebrate. For by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. Himself bore all your sicknesses and diseases. Receive healing in your bodies right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, who else has a birthday? Xavier's got a birthday this week. Today. <laughs> Father, we bless these two, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving them another year and for also giving us another year with them. And Father, I pray for the manifestation of the Spirit to become so preeminent in their lives this season. This is for both of you. The incremental step-by-step life with Him as you begin to trust Him. It's like a new journey because of what He is doing in these days. There will be fruit. Some will be immediate. Some will be ongoing. And some will be for this year and next year. But do not grow weary in well-doing because there is a harvest attached to the things that you sacrifice to do for him in the lives of others. There's going to be a season of peace, but it doesn't mean to cease from what he is doing in your life. But in the season of peace, grow stronger. Don't stop moving. Bear fruit for the kingdom of God. For this is also your season of growth and multiplication in the things that you put your hands to do. Look for the wisdom that will come for the answers that you've been seeking. And move, just because you see it, it doesn't mean you move towards it. Wait for the go-ahead from the Spirit of God to walk through the open door that he is opening because you'll get happy that the door opens, but let him guide you through those open doors. Greater works and greater blessings await you this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Father, put some of that on me too, Lord, in Jesus' name. You know that when someone receives a prophetic word, it is fair for you to say, me too, Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Receive his grace and graciousness. As he shows up, do not neglect his presence. For in it, the shalom, shalom of God will be upon you. Be it upon you even now. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And we receive that by faith. Church, we love you. And you're dismissed. Now, we're applying something new.
we have a to our praise reports at the beginning of church the ushers uh, namely Julio will be passing out shout out praise reports and we'll be receiving them and then we'll begin to read them out and today Miss Lily says she wants to praise God and give him all the glory that her body is 100% healed all the symptoms that she had are gone and she, her body has come into alignment with the word of God now she had these severe flu symptoms they hit her body and she's completely whole in Jesus name Miss Juliana went to, and Manny went to a shower, and they were completely blessed. It's a shower for Judah, and they were blessed with beautiful gifts at the baby shower. Also, this weekend coming up, it's going to be another baby shower for Miss Juliana. You're all welcome to attend. Pardon me? It's co-ed, and uh, men will be playing poker outside in the front. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, don't know, I don't know what the guys will be doing, but anyway. <laughs> and so what happens is you're all invited to participate and uh, see Larissa or Miss Lily or who else is where? I think a bunch of you are working on this thing. You know, sometimes I'm, it's all working under me. Robert and I say we're always the last to find out. And so, um, and so I guess, anyway, find out from all the people who are working in this thing and what your, what your place is and where it's at and everything else. And uh, I believe it's going to be at your house, Miss Dee. Yes. It'll be with Miss Dee's house, and Dee Dee and Jessica, the, the host, are hosting. And so, get with them. And were you going to say something, Robert? Oh, I thought you raised your hand. Okay, <laughs> Xavier, who raises their hand right now? Because it was Xavier first. Yes. Um, Miss Lily, yes. just to remind everybody, couples that you have the couples. Oh yes. The couples. February class of 13th and then Corona Church called Connection Church. Um, it's couples 37. Is that? 34. $34 per couple for a marriage 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 weekend. And, um, is it 34 each or is no, it for a couple? For a couple. For the whole thing. Yeah, for the whole thing. And see Julio and Lily because they're in charge of putting it together. If, the, if, if you want to stay at a hotel, motel, we're going to find out prices in the area. And, but Corona is still yeah, close enough. Have, uh, more information, uh, better for us to come to it because they tell you where. Yeah. Because um, their price rates from 100 to 5 to 8 miles gradient and more. Yeah. So see, see them. If, and I would encourage all the married couples. And I would highly encourage. Uh, yes, and people who want to get married. So, so I would say, and if you have trouble, if finances are an issue, talk to me, and you want to go. But I would listen. I would also, I would make it. I'm going to ask for it to be mandatory for all the wedding, all the married couples to go. As a pastor, I I want you to be there. Believe me, it works. Don't think you know everything about marriage. You didn't hear about that? There was a man who got this genie, and he wished. He said he rubbed the, rubbed the lamp, the genie came out, and the guy said, what do you want? He goes, you know what? I want a highway between California to reach all the Hawaii, a two-way road. Some of you might have heard this before. And the genie goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, well, and, and no, what do, you, what do you actually? And the genie just says, man, I can't do that. It's too hard. You pick another one. He says, um, I want to be able to understand women. And the genie kind of looked over and said, 
How many lanes did you want on the highway? <laughs> but anyway, you don't know all the answers, guys. And women, you don't know all the answers about men. And so, how many women sometimes think men should know? Men don't know. Now, that's the one I'm going to tell you. They don't know. They don't have a clue because we're simple. We think everything should be, we, sometimes we think everything's good. They say, no, everything's been crazy for you. Okay, well, you know, guys don't know. You should know. Ask God. No, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Also, they take it at the door as well, don't they? If there's room. I could call them that. Okay. Because they're, they're requiring a payment through one of their credit cards or debit cards. Okay. On their online. Okay. Well, let me know if finances are an issue. I will double check. Because that's, that's cheap for, for to do something like that. It really is inexpensive. One more quick announcement before we close. Um, we want to say happy birthday to the birthday. Oh, again, okay, I forgot about that. We have a new website. Uh, please contact me if you guys want the link. It's going to be a little bit different, but uh, we're going to work to get that out. And we're also working on putting a, a prayer board. So it's going to be something where you guys are going to be able to put your prayers on there. It will be able to show. And whenever we visit this website, it's going to be there, and we can agree to prayer with. So um, we're, we're working on um, putting our web footprint out there and uh, um, please contact me. We also have a subscribe list to it. Please subscribe so we can get your guys' emails. We're, we're wanting to uh, send out uh, newsletters with that too. So um, working on organizing that all together. So um, get with me so I can go ahead and send this out to you guys. Um, so if we can uh, get Mr. Xavier. No way. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. God's blessings on you. God's blessings on you. God's blessings on you. Jesus truly loves you. Amen. Amen. Now, I know everybody likes fellowship. We've got to get these chairs put away. So, men, let's get together and put away all these things. And, uh, for me? Yeah. No, because then they'll float. <laughs> all right, so praise the Lord. Amen. Then they'll float, so I'm go home. So. Then it's then it's moving like Xavier doing everything. I just stay strict on that one, even though Xavier said he had a strange word. Nope. You're <laughs> 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 early too. Why didn't you take a paper? Uh huh. Yeah, I know. Ni modo.
Ni modo carnalas, ¿eh? O carnalas, dice usted. Ni modo mi carnalito. What? I, I didn't like it either. I used to do that all the time. What up, girl? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. Alargate, chica. For me? Oh. He was going to be running late. I don't know what happened. Oh, he's oh, just got out of the meeting. I'll be late. So he's going to be real late. Yeah. They have their meetings on Sunday. But Mookie told them, nope, can't go. Dude, I used to, I was pastoring, man. I'd been, I'd do my shift. I'd open the store, run up the hill to the church, preach my message, and then go back down and close. I know you're talking about. Man, that would have been crazy. It was crazy for a while. Oh, managers have to work on Sundays now. So why? I got good people. Don't matter. Yeah. You got to be there. Why? Their things run better. I said, no, they don't. Let me show you my trends. Just be there. I said, well, look, I passed her. I have to be there. Well, you can open, have someone take your place, or run down the hill, come back, just run your schedule smart. But I still want you there. And they wanted us to close, too. It wasn't like yeah. you could be there. Yeah. I was like, well, you know what? And I said, why am I being punished? Because some of the other people don't know how to do their work, job. Oh, I'm sorry. It is, isn't it? I know. I, I said, why am I being penalized for the for the inability for some of your other guys to do this? And you know what? One of the managers told me, I want you to spend some time with this guy and this guy and this guy. Show them what you're doing. He says, let your store run by. He says, you know, because it's not happening. If they're not there, their whole store just does nothing. As that means that the manager's doing all the work. He's not delegating. Show them what to do. We were, there was this one guy with Craig and who was number one all the time. I came in and my numbers weren't all high, right? My numbers weren't like at the very top. His numbers, I mean, his numbers, he had higher numbers, but his productivity was like in the 70s. Excuse me. The yeah. message that you got, was it my voicemail or was it my text? No, it was the voicemail. Okay, so... So as soon as I left the area, my phone went, and I got your, I got your voicemail. And uh, what happened, so it meant that he was more money coming in, but less money was staying. So his productivity was down. My productivity was 98. Oh, wow. And he, so I had the highest. Well, you know, it's because I managed my payroll to a T. What's that? 10, 11%. Yep. And, and so he goes, what do you do? And I was showing him, and he goes, you work harder doing that than actually selling. I said, I do what I do at all. But uh, yes, I do. I get people who sell like me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to this place. You, yeah, that's what we're here. Selling money. And well, you know, I said, okay, you can do all my book work then. So he did all, he did all my book work. <laughs> he managed the store, but he, he, he did all my paperwork. But he already knew Craig's way and everything. 
Oh, no, I didn't get anything this like that. This is what I need to know if it's a yes on that. Oh, yeah. It tells you everything. Yes. If you told me something like that, I said that's why I sent you a message. Said yes, of course. But it'll start next week. There you go. I just want you to know. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to affirm what. Um, yes. Okay. You mentioned all of that in, in your voicemail. Um, did I sit there and tell you about? It's one of the ten messages. Remember the prophetic word? Yes, you said that. Like two or three? Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. wasn't sure what it was, but I'm like, get on. I listened to it again because I thought you were saying that you said ten minutes, ten minutes twice, so then I had no, it's one of the ten messages. So you didn't say that. Um, do you know what this is about? It came through as a multimedia. I didn't do a dog on thing. All I did was choose you and Pam. It's because it's because it had more words than than other times. And yours, I receive it, but I think yours is not sending it for whatever reason. It had me retry it twice, and then I sent it again as a forward, thinking maybe I would bypass whatever multimedia nonsense it got stuck on. Mm -hmm. This one is acting weird. Yes. You say you say me from my phone, right? You, um, yeah, your phone is coming through on private. Can you do how to do it? Um, no, I don't. That's why I said we would talk to Manny or we would talk yeah. to somebody else. Um, Pastor Raymond, uh, did you tell me his Bible came apart? And, you know, since Raymond was um, sharing with us how he sometimes can go online and he orders things and he goes and he buys things. Yes, uh-huh. I was telling him that there is a way that we could show him how to go online to buy a Bible. And personally, a Bible that's not going to fall apart on him. Yes. Because of the one that he has. So that's the other thing that I told you. And the other one was to show Manny or have somebody that knows how to work your phone, Luke or Xavier, I think. Um, Blue David knows how to do that. To take yeah. your phone off of private. Because when you're calling other people, your number is coming up private and you don't know that it's Raymond calling. Yeah, he might know. It's it. What it did, watch, let me show you. Your messages. I don't have my glasses. What I did is I deleted my message once you sent out. Uh-huh. And what I did is I, I, I copied the text. I went... You know, you hold it tight, and it says copy text. So then what I did is I erased me. Uh, well, I erased, I deleted the message that, that, that was sent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I deleted the one you sent me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I went like this and then pasted it and then resent it, and that's it. So for, and then even the double message sent as well, this one. Covering mm-hmm. multimedia. I think because you're sending it to more than one and there's this much. Oh, okay. But it, it sometimes you just have to pull the phone and send, resend it. It's just supposed to be like one of the latest models. Yeah, well, that's why. No, you're not. It's, it's, it's a quirk that goes with those sometimes. Sometimes it'll tell, say that and it fails to send. And if I, I can get super impatient with when it does that. What I do is I, I found out that if I delete what I try to do, because I already have the message on my clipboard when you copy and paste. Mm-hmm. And then I, I copy text, and then when I, I'll, I go to my name again or go to whoever I'm sending something in, and then put it in by itself, it's in. Okay. And the reason why I send it to Pam is because sometimes I know you're either too busy or you may not get it. And usually whenever I send it to you and Pam, Pam usually gets it. Yeah, because so she I usually has her phone on her. And if I'm doing something outside, it's like if I have $700 piece of equipment that falls, I don't even, it's $250. I, don't, I, don't you. I completely understand. Or sometimes, That's why I send it to her, so that I know that if I send it to two people, there's a better chance of... Oh, and then if it's charging, if they send me on a, on a mission, then I'm going out, and then I leave my phone at home. Oh, 
<laughs> so then I have to do the old thing, and, and you know what? And then I have to look for a phone booth because they don't have them anymore to call Pam. Say, you know what? I have my phone. So did Manny show you what to do? Huh? Did Manny show you what to do? Let's go. Not, not, not yet. Show Manny. Ma Manny. Manny knows how to... Let's go find Manny. Okay? Manny's a wizard when it comes to electronics. He's, he's, he knows. He's, yeah, well, he's, he's got a gifting in that area. I'll tell you what. But also, little D, you want to send your big card? Ask Linda. Sometimes she says yes, sometimes she says no. Oh, yeah. I have some more things to the whole story like to share, but I'm just going to answer. Let me know. Well, one was, the reason why the host for having me apologize was because it wasn't my method. Oh, okay. And it shouldn't be explained because it's kind of on the purpose for everything. And he reminded me that all breaches are all shout-outs, all testimony, are key that someone else here. So when you get a word, you're not supposed to be silent. Yeah. Right. And the other one was that the only reason why you keep on preaching the things that you're preaching is our fault because we're not drawing the spirit. So therefore, you're not relieved to preach on the things you've been revealed because we're not hungry for them. Right. So, That's if, so if they're tired of hearing the same old message, it's on our account. And I said, okay, I'll show that tomorrow. You know what I saw in the spirit one time? All the horses were at their front. They were ready to go. At the gate. The gates opened. Ring. A few of them took off. The rest of them were there. So we did close the gates again. Ring. And they just wouldn't run. So this is what I was have to say. The same thing. Yeah. What up, Mio? Does Yavis? Estas? We'll take this over there, too? And put it in there? Thank you. Since you're going there, that's why. No, this was... I, I got it clear. I got it. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, that's perfect. That ring, and people say, why are you ringing that bell? When you're not ringing. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's the truth, because I was saying, oh, why aren't things happening? I do that in the spirit. Yeah. And everybody's looking around like, what do we do? Like, yeah, a few horses come. Yeah, there you go. About the rain has started, people. Okay, come on. <laughs> and I see the thing, the gates go, okay, ring, and they open up again. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, look at each other. Yeah? Big group. Ruby. Ruby. She got stuff. Hey, Ruby. 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 Want to go? Let's go, Ruby. Sometimes she barks at me. She wants to go. Where did they get my stuff? Bushido. Oh. What up, Essence? Oh, I like the, did you Did you redo the blue? Like last week? Yeah. Looks, sounds good.
Pay us off a fiendo. Um, oh, it's the, uh, we're one of your, your houses. Yes. You see, like, that's so weird. What? I feel like a white person right now. Well, Why? I sound like a white person. Why are you insulting me, man? No, it's what you insisted to me. I like that shirt. The Christmas one? Yeah. Right now? Good? Yeah. Hey, so you going to roll with us, or are you going to go with your daddy? Xavier's birthday. I gotta stop at Costco. Are you fixing his phone? Oh. What up, Pesce? Oh. oh, that's right. I heard, I overheard that. She took her temperature before that. It was 95, 95.8. And she said, that's odd, so she's going to rest. When she got up, she had uncontrollable shivering. And then her temperature was 102. Yeah, and so it was 102 uh-huh. after after the shivering stuff. Uh-huh. Wow. Then the next day, we already had a doctor appointment, but it was for something different. You know, because you make, with this Obamacare stuff, you can't make same-day appointments anymore. Oh, really? It's really hard. They say that they're just backed up. And oh, so, because everybody has, because oh, they're so full. Yeah, everybody has, yeah. everybody's going to doctor now. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so we made this appointment like two weeks before. It was just after Christmas. So then we made this appointment, so it was for something else, just a follow-up, I think. And she, the doctor looked at her and goes, what's wrong, Pam? And she goes, I don't know. And she described it. So after doing the, all these checks, she goes, girl, you got tonsillitis and pneumonia. Wow. So they gave her these, they gave her these mega doses of, of antibiotics. And like two medicines to take uh-huh. for the cough and stuff. So this morning she got up. She woke up, take me to the hospital. Something's wrong because something was hurting her real bad back here, and it was just the pain would not go away. For Pam to say I need yeah. to go, yeah. it's like. Yeah. So I said let's go. So we went. We're 4 a.m. We went to the hospital. They checked her out. They said it's uh, pleurisy. That the lining of the lung was irritated because of all the coughing and the pneumonia, and then it would tighten up because it would get inflamed and it tightened up. So they said, okay, we'll take the ibuprofen, and it's going to help out with the pain, because as the better lungs are clearing. So that's the good news, that the lungs are a lot clearer, and the uh, pleurisy is going to go away. With, as, as the lungs get healed up, the pleurisy will go. So she, she's doing good, but she didn't want to come, because she's still coughing like crazy. 
take it slow because you start doing something, starts going coffee like crazy. Yeah, and it just like forever. Yeah, she was like, but if she gets into a place where she starts to cough. She'll cough like for two minutes straight without stopping. It's like, mm. She's never had anything like this. Since we've been married, she's never had anything this, this like this. But we usually, she'll take something off in two or three days and it's fine. So they told us. You have a lot of things happening in your life. Yep. And she's been dealing with stuff with Cindy and all this stuff. Yep. 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 Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so there's been a lot of things on her plate. So. Yeah, I know. They they they, told, they said Pam could, could take it, so they're going to take it up there. Uh-huh. Yeah, the little curio cabinet. Uh-huh. But, yeah, but she's, yeah, because she was handling stuff for the shower, handling stuff for the early shower, handling stuff for, um, to, at the same time, talking to attorneys and stuff for Cindy's thing, because she's been, and, uh, we already have an attorney who's ready to move on it. And they say it won't be any problem. Take her to court. She goes, how's your relationship with her? And goes, like that. So it's going to go like that more because yeah. what it is is that the living trust is like if they were alive talking. Yeah. And on it, it just says, both of you get together, sell the house. So Cindy, what they're doing is if she can buy it and buy off them, then it's fine. So if Cindy wants to kind of say, no, 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 go to court, the judge is just going to enforce what's already written. Yeah. Except the... Cindy will have to pay the court fees and the lawyer fees. So Pam doesn't want to go that way. So she's giving her a little more time to find a lender. Is she working and everything? No, she's not working. Gil qualifies somewhat. And they're trying to get her to qualify with the girls because the house where they're at right now. The that I had, he's really good. I mean, he was able to get get Ira Grant or her loan. Oh. And if, if he was able to get me, and I'm telling you, my score was like 500 and something. Uh-huh. I mean, it was like 560 something or something. He was able to get me. And I, I said, and I have like terrible credit. And I knew if he was able to get mine, he would get Marissa's. I'm sure enough, he was able to get Marissa's. He got Andrea. Andrea had a really um, bad time, too. Mm-hmm. He got hers, and he got Marie Esther's. With Joe's credit, mm. with Joe's income and whatever she did, I guess he was able to get her. So maybe if she's looking for someone to get it, maybe this guy can. Oh, you know what? We'll let her know maybe and then we'll talk be, to you. Maybe that'll be, um, I don't know. That. Yeah, because you know what? Pam doesn't mind if she eats the house. She just wants this amount. Yeah, part of it. And that's all. Just be done with it. She can. Pam has no attachment to the house. Even the stuff that was in it, she got pictures and little things like that, but she didn't really want any of the stuff. Well, she did something. Well, she, she, yeah, and then so the house is worth about 420 some odd dollars, but she says, just give me, you know, 450 some of dollars is what it's worth. Whether they'll, whether they'll get it in the market, the current market or not, but Sam just says, then give me, give me 225 and we're okay. Whether or not it's exactly in half, because she's going to have, the, like I told Sydney, you're going to have the house plus the equity that comes with it. So your your income can grow. 
so her loan that she needs to get whatever she's going to pay. Yeah, which will be way below market. Well, they've been having trouble with the people they're talking to, but they talk to Mickey Mouse people that don't know things, and but she's trying to do it on her own because she's scared that they're going to rip her off. Like, who's going to rip you off? But she talks to her friends, and her friends say, oh, watch out for this, watch out for that. And they're friends of a friend of a friend. Yeah. He wants a number, his number? Sure. Yeah, I went to the doctor after Pam went, and uh, I had an appointment anyway for a checkup, and I told him my wife has pneumonia. He says, you know what? He gave me antibiotics to take for five days. He says, just in case it's out there, because you don't want that infection at all. Yeah, you sound like like... Yeah, I'm getting over this thing. I was really stuffed up, and it's like, ah. Elisa, Elisa, your hair looks nice. Your hair looks really nice.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.